Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I will be your host. We'll be hanging out for the next little bit. I am Kathy Cook Noble and normally during the day you'll find me working on all kinds of fun things like bookkeeping and doing investments and insurance as a financial advisor. So then I get to come here and share some time with everybody and talk about some of these cool financial concepts. And our goal is always to make things easy for everybody to understand because finance is really not that complicated for individuals. I mean, it can be made complicated and I know sometimes things get really crazy looking and messy when you're watching certain shows or or certain movies and they portray the financial industry. But I really believe that everybody can understand their own stuff. And that's the most important thing. So that's what we do here on Financially Speaking is we break down and help you understand your stuff. And tonight we're going to talk about probably the two topics that people just try and forget about, block out, and consciously erase from their mind. And that's taxes and credit. So taxes, we all know the saying that the only two things that are guaranteed in life are taxes and death. And that's for anybody in any of any country or any city, province, state that's listening. We're always pretty much guaranteed of those two things. The degree to which we're charged on the taxes and how much and where we spend um, our money if we have our tax returns come back with a refund or if we owe money, all that kind of stuff. But it's guaranteed we all have to deal with taxes. And the other thing we all have to deal with is our credit and our credit score. So we're going to talk about that later on in the show as well, because these are two things that I think are really important for us to understand. And right around this time of year, because now we've just come out of April, which everybody considers to be tax time. And I know accountants do, because that's when they're super, super busy filing all their tax returns. But is that really tax time for us? As individuals, isn't tax time just part of your daily planning on your financial plan side? And isn't that something when we, we think about it, um, we think, well, really, taxes are filed in April for sure. Yeah, unless you're um, a self-employed person, then the deadline's coming up. That's June the 15th. But really, tax planning is something that should be happening throughout the year or just part of your financial plan. And when it's not, that's when people scramble at the end of the year or beginning of the year to either, you know, buy RSPs in Canada or which is a whole other topic of an irritant for me because I don't think RSP season happens two months out of the year, by the way. I think it's a 12-month plan as part of your financial plan, too. When you're scrambling at the end, that means you probably didn't have a very good plan. But that's my own opinion, and I'm a little bit biased. But uh, anyway, for taxes, we want to say, okay, how do we account for our money and what we're going to be planning for. Instead of getting to April, your accountant calls you up or your the tax filer or tax preparer calls you up and says, hey, guess what? You're getting a refund and you get all excited because that's so much better to get money than to have to pay it. Um, but they also could call you up and say, by the way, you're going to have to pay $500 or $1,000 in, in taxes. And most people get all stressed out because that's not planned for. And that's not money that they just have lying around and they don't, most people aren't 
super excited to pay extra taxes because, you know, you're paying them all year, either in your state tax or your harmonized tax here in Ontario or any kind of provincial tax. We're paying taxes all year, especially in Canada and the U.S., and it varies depending on where you are. So I want to talk tonight about some things to do with our taxes and things that we should be looking at and paying attention to and understanding. We don't have to know all the Income Tax Act. Let's be honest. Canada and the United States, not an easy read. It's a super complicated act. The taxes are um, not for someone who just wants a light read or to, you know, maybe take the Saturday afternoon and have a good time and read the tax act. Not exactly what I would recommend, but uh, they're, they are very complicated and they can be very complicated because of the way they've worked it. But we can we can make that easy because really we only care about how it affects us, right? So I want to just mention a few changes that took place in the tax with taxes in 2017 here in Canada. So what happens every time we have a new government come in? Um, they always have their own stamp that they want to put on things. Typically that affects the tax act and it never ceases to amaze me how they can come up with new things the first of the year when they do their budgets. So in March 2016, we had a new government, new federal government, and the first budget came out and they announced their changes to the tax code. And most of them were rolled out in 2016, but they become effective January 2017. So for those of you that just filed your taxes, then these would have been applicable to you. And for those of you who haven't, you are going to need to know these because you got to get your taxes filed. And if you're not self-employed, that means you're late. So you're going to be assessed a penalty and that means you're going to pay more money. So if you haven't filed your taxes yet, how about we uh, make that a priority and get those done? So some of the changes that rolled out last year here in Ontario um, are the Children's Fitness and Arts Tax Credit. So if you have kids, so any of you parents with children can take advantage of this Children's Fitness Tax Credit. And it's up to $1,000 a child. And the Arts Tax Credit is up to $500 a child. So if your if your kids are enrolled in a prescribed program that that's approved, then for the 2016 tax year, your tax credit would have been cut in half. So effective January 2017, guess what? They've been eliminated completely. So that's something when you're filing your taxes. Um, education and, and textbook tax credits. These are non-refundable tax credits. They were eliminated January 1st. However, any unused education and uh, textbook credits that were carried forward prior to 2017 are still available to use and can be carried forward to subsequent years, but essentially they are eliminated. Another big one is the principal residence exemption. So this, this is what happened when you have a federal government. In 2016, they say we're going to have a look at the tax code, and now it requires all Canadians tax filers, so <laughs> you are supposed to file your taxes. And if you don't, I guess it doesn't apply to you, but it should because you should file your taxes. However, um, what the rule says is with any asset sale, taxes are owed on the proceeds. But if it's your property if that you sold that is your principal residence, it's going to be exempt, just as it was before the new rule was introduced. So this revision is in the tax code here, and it's aimed at preventing potential tax abuse by non-residents who buy homes in Canada and later claim the principal residence exemption and by Canadians who sell their properties that might not qualify as their principal residence. 
So they're trying to get around um, some of the issues with the housing market because we all know that it's been a pretty hot market. And uh, this is a way for them, the government, to try and help control the economy in that way. Um, first, donor super credit. So this is a non-refundable tax credit. It was introduced in 2013, and it had an expiry date of December 2017. It has been extended into the 2017 tax year as your last chance to use it. And it can be claimed once and has a limit of 1000 bucks. So if you haven't used it, you're going to lose it. So you might as well use it if you qualify. Any changes to certain investment types? Now, here's one that I like to pay a lot of attention to because I, I see a lot of investments all day. So effective the 1st of 2017, 1st of January, investors can no longer rebalance your non-registered mutual fund investments in corporations structured as switch funds on a deferred tax basis. So that's a mouthful. What does that mean? That means anything that's not registered, like a an open fund, uh, registered funds are stuff that have an R, like registered retirement savings plan, for those in the U.S., an equivalent would be something like your 401k, your TFSA is registered. That would be your I, uh, Roth IRA in the U.S. Something those that would be a similar comparison. Um, those things now are in Canada. You are not allowed to just switch them on a tax deferred basis, which you used to be able to do. Switch between funds. Um, the exchange of funds that are switched are now going to be taxable. So used to used to be able to switch funds if you're in fund A and you want to switch into fund B or fund C, you used to be able to switch it and not have to incur the capital gains tax if it's not registered. But now they've taken that away and they're saying, guess what, you're going to pay. So that's something that you want to keep um, in mind when you're doing stuff. Um, also effective is the rule concerning linked notes. It's a type of debt obligation where the return on the investment is linked to the performance or one of more of the assets or indexes over the term of the, the note, which is the debt. So going forward, they are going to, for, for the most part, the gains on the sale of any of these linked notes before they mature are going to be taxed as interest, not as capital gains. So most people would read that and say, ah, oh, what? Well, what's, what's different, why that's important, is because it changes the rate that you're going to be taxed at, which I'll talk to you about rates because, you know, that's super it's it's actually super interesting and very cool to see that they can change the rates on different kinds of investments. So when you're planning your investments, you always want to be looking at saying, okay, if I'm going to make money, which obviously is the plan, then how am I going to be taxed on that? Am I going to be taxed on capital gains? Am I going to be taxed um, on redemption? Am I taxed on a deferred basis? Like these are all things that you want to talk to about tax because tax plays a really, really important part in how much of your money gets eaten up. Um, and why they made these changes is because it's a new government. And a lot of the times they make these promises coming in. And, and I'm sure anybody around the world will notice that anytime you have a new government that comes in, they have all these promises and they're going to close these loopholes and they're going to, these top 1% of the population that controls all the money, um, that's the ones they're going to be like, oh, well, they're going to pay less tax. But I'm going to talk to you about loopholes later because they're actually done on purpose, and I'll explain that to you later. They're um, they're very interesting, and <laughs> they're kind of fun, let's be honest, when you find these loopholes in your favor. So you always want to be asking the question, how am I going to be taxed? So if I'm going to invest in this, how am I going to be taxed? How am I taxed later? How am I taxed now? So these are questions that you always want to have at the front of your mind. Um, there's new rules. There's two more 
changes, really big changes that came out in the tax plan for 17 that are enforced. The new rules for eligible capital property. So if you have a business, whether it's large or small, the new tax rule is going to reduce the amount of income that you can earn from the sale of certain assets like goodwill and trademark. So goodwill and trademark, those are accounting terms that there's no tangible asset. So the government has said in the Tax Act now, as of January 1st, 2017, this income now is going to be fully taxed as an investment income. So before, half the proceeds could be distributed tax-free as a dividend, but they've taken that away, so they're changing that. It makes a big difference on selling a proper, selling a business. The other change, which I also find super interesting, is the life insurance policies. For a lot of Canadians, uh, life insurance has been, uh, and for anyone that heard our show on life insurance, you probably heard me say and get excited about how tax efficient they can be because they really, really can. There's so many different kinds. There's not so many, but there's a few different kinds of life insurance policies. And there's a couple of them you can use as part of your investment strategy. And they're super tax efficient, which is really, really cool. Um, but some of the changes that were enacted by the federal government, the tax treatment, for example, of universal life policies became less favorable starting um, January 1st, 2017. And the changes are going to have an impact on how much Canadians can invest in the tax-exempt policy. So it's going to decrease their ability to accumulate the investment gains above the death benefit premium on a tax-free basis. So don't get excited. They didn't do away with it. They have just lowered the amount that you can um, invest in and the portion that you're allowed to use. So before you purchase your new life insurance policy, particularly if it's going to be corporately held, which means you're going to buy it in a company, then make sure you look into the tax effect of the new rules on your tax planning. So again, it takes us back to our question, how am I going to be taxed on this? So that is the theme of tonight. We're going to look at how am I going to be taxed on this? So those are a couple of the changes that happened here. There's, uh, And I just, um, just because that's uh, something that we pay attention to right here in Ontario and in Canada. And I know everyone out there is looking at different ways to save on taxes. And the rules are different, and I guarantee you they've probably all got something that's changed the first of the year. So every time the new budget rolls out, there's always that anticipation of, like, what's going to be in the new budget? What's going to be in the new budget? Because if they're taking money from someplace, they're putting it someplace else. If they're adding a new program, they're probably going to change it from someplace. they got to get the money somewhere. So anytime you hear about the changes in the budget, you want to ask yourself, okay, how am I going to be taxed? How is this going to impact me? So let's take our first break when we come back. We'll talk about a few key tax planning tips, and then we'll talk about what to do with your refund, and I'll share with you about how the loopholes are deliberately set by the government and how they're intended to be used. So you are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. When we return, we will continue to discuss taxes, and we'll talk about credit reporting. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 
3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Do you want the world to be greater? Are you a seeker, and do you know more is possible? Together, we can make it happen. Join us for the 22nd Century Consciousness Showcase. More than 20 movers and shakers in the world of empowerment will unveil their strategies for creating dynamic future success. All our speakers will invite and inspire you with their visions in the exciting world of consciousness. Each of them have put together amazing promotional packages with extraordinary pricing that will be available to you just for participating with us. The showcase begins June 11th and runs through June 15th. Join us at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com to never miss any of the amazing video conversations and fabulous offerings. We look forward to creating the future consciousness with you. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network, and today we're talking about taxes and credit reporting. Before we went to break, I just was sharing with you some of the changes that happened here in Ontario in 2017, just to give you an idea that life's always a change when it comes to taxes, whether we like it or not. So um, before we went to break, I said I was going to just mention a few tax planning tips for, for everyone. Now, again, it's too hard for me to give you the specifics on each state and province and territory that of the city or country that you're living in. So you'll have to check with your specific um, tax preparer or tax filer or accountant or talk to your financial advisor and see what specifically applies to you. But these are some tips for us that um, they're easy to overlook. So these are things we want to look for. So some of the reminders, pension splitting. So if you're married and you have the ability to do pension splitting, up to 50% of your income can be allocated to a spouse or common law partner, which obviously the goal is to move you into a lower tax bracket. Um, and uh, it also avoids in Ontario, the clawing back of the old age security benefits for one or both of the spouses just depends on the age and if they're receiving it. Another reminder you wanna look at is expenses. Some expenses only qualify as a tax deduction or tax credit, which I'll tell you the difference between those two in a minute. If you pay them before the end of the tax year, so some of these interest, some of these expense ex examples could be like the interest cost in the investment loan, medical expenses, spousal support payments, stuff like that. Donations, obviously charitable donations. Um, you want to be able to create the greatest good with that. So if you've donated in in Canada, if you've donated as a couple more than two hundred dollars in the tax year, then the receipt should be combined and claimed by the partner with the highest income. That allows you to maximize the allowable credit. Um, and don't forget, like these are also planning tips that people don't realize that you can actually claim five years worth of donation receipts in the same tax return. So they do carry forward. People forget sometimes. So if you're one of those people that moves every year between tax filer to tax filer and you just, you know, the the company that pops up every year on the corner and they talk about your taxes, that's it. And they may not be carrying forward your stuff. So you've got to make sure you take your 
last year's tax return and look at it and see if there's anything to be carried forward because you don't want to miss out on that credit. Um, another tip that you want to look for is tax credits for kids. We talked about that a little bit and how they change, but um, there's tax credits aimed at children who help parents reduce or eliminate the amount of tax that they owe. And the child-oriented tax credit that you can benefit from includes the federal government's Children's Fitness and Arts Tax Credit, which we um, just talked about. That they're both being eliminated for 2017. So if you haven't done your filed your 2016 yet and you qualify, then you want to uh, take advantage of those for the last time. You might also benefit from the adoption expense tax credit. So if you've adopted a child, then you certainly have some opportunities there. Uh, child care deductions are available for child care expenses like daycare, after school costs, stuff like that. Um, costs for boarding school and camp fees may also qualify. So generally speaking, the younger the child, the greater the allowable claim for the expense that you're going to have. Uh, another area that you want to have a look at is students, so non-refundable tax credits for tuition, education, textbooks, um, things that for students, for their parents or their grandparents. So there's certain types of examination fees that are also considered part of your tuition expenses when you claim the credit. So you always want to look at if you've got kids in school, make sure you let your tax preparer know and then you can see the better way of filing certain things with the students. So there's also a kitty tax that was budgeted, the budget of 2014, and it was expanded to, it was called the kitty tax, making it more challenging to split business income with minor children. So the new rules that applied to the 2014 tax year and onward, so it's including us now, it's also known as the tax on split income. So these rules tax the income at the highest federal tax rate, which right now was at 29% even if a minor child or spouse is in a lower bracket. So you want to watch that kitty tax and how it gets applied. Any additional considerations that you might want to think about is if you have a spouse or child with little or no income, there are some good reasons why they should still file a tax return. Some people just don't bother because they're like, ah, oh, I didn't make anything anyway. You should still file a tax return. Uh, first, earned income determines eligibility for the government programs, which is things like the child tax benefit, or GST or HST credit here in Ontario. Uh, students especially should make sure they file their tax return in order to claim their GST or HST credit. And even a small amount reported income will add to future registered retirement savings plan contribution room. So that's how in Canada and in the US, um, I think that's how your 401k is done too. It's based on income, but for sure it is here where your RSP contribution allowance is based on how much income you have. So you still want to file your taxes, even if you're filing and you've made no money, you're not taxable, totally okay, because then you're at least establishing a um, a pattern for building up your RSP allowance, you're, you're uh, making sure you're taking advantage of any credits if there are some, like tax credits back. And speaking of credits, there's a difference between a tax deduction and a tax credit. So the tax deduction is the more money you make, the higher your tax bracket, right? So that means the more you pay in income tax. So when it comes to your tax deductions, the higher your tax bracket, the more a deduction is worth to you. And that's because your deduction is going to move you in and out of tax brackets. So deductions are expenditures that can be used to reduce your overall taxable income for tax saving purposes. So a great example and probably the most popular example here again, is your RSP, the Registered Retirement Savings Plan. If you contribute to your RSP, if you, if you paid alimony, if you have child care expenses, union and professional dues, things like that, 
those are a direct deduction off of your income. So that's why when I said at the beginning of the show how annoying it is when people are scrambling around doing their RSPs because they're like, oh, holy smokes, now I'm in this tax category. And the only thing I can do January, February, March is put a chunk of money on my RSPs and reduce my taxable income. That takes you to a lower tax bracket. And that's why it happens then because after December 31st, the tax donation, or sorry, the charitable donation is not going to make a difference. Your kids aren't going to be registered in a new sport or any fitness to take advantage of any expenses. They're not going to all of a sudden be in a different daycare and take expenses. So the only thing you can really do January, February, it, when you're scrambling to figure out how to reduce your taxes owing is the RSP deduction. So that's what a deduction is. A tax credit, unlike the deduction, it does not affect your taxable income. So it's not moving you in and out of categories. Instead, what it does, it, it has the effect once the amount of tax you has that you owe has been figured out and determined. So the tax credit doesn't move you into a lower tax bracket. What it does is it gets applied to what amount of money you have owing. So let's say, I'll give you an example. Say you owe $10,000 in tax and you have $1,000 tax credit. You simply deduct the amount from your federal tax payable, reducing it to $9,000. $10,000 owing, $1,000 credit, that's that's $9,000 net owing. So that's what a credit does. The deduction would have been taken into account before to figure out that you had $10,000 owing. So those are really important because when you start talking to tax preparers and they say, do you have any deductions versus do you have any credits? The deductions are going to move you into a different tax category potentially. So those are things you want to really look at, okay? Now, I know you guys are having a super good time, and this is a lot of fun, and this is one of those topics where people are like, wow, why can't we talk about this more? But I figure tonight taxes are over, and people just want to be like, oh, we'll forget all about it. But you don't want to forget all about it because you know what's going to happen this year. So we're already close to the end of May. And you're already in your next tax year. So anything that you've done this year, like daycare or any kind of child camp or credits or anything like that, because camps are coming up in August and and July and potentially June when school is done. And depending on where you are in the world, it could be even in September. But you want to make sure you keep all your receipts. So that is one of the key things that I want like everyone to really, really take away tonight how am I going to be taxed is what you want to ask yourself and keep all your receipts because if things change in the rules, like I mentioned at the beginning, here's some of the things that changed here and you haven't kept your receipts for it and now it applies to you, your tax preparer can't claim that for you. And you want to make sure, I always tell people, I, I'd rather you bring me everything in your bookkeeping and I'll throw out what I don't need or set it aside rather than have myself looking for stuff and saying, geez, you could have qualified for something, but you don't have it, so now you can't. So keep it all, and if you have to throw them out later, great. But if you don't have it, you can't use it. So that's really the key takeaway for tonight, I think, is just keep all your receipts and let your tax preparer throw them out later if they don't need them. So I also want to talk to you a tiny bit about what do you do with your tax refund? So everybody gets all excited that uh and why wouldn't you honestly it's exciting to get money right so of course we're gonna take get excited about that but what do you do with your tax return when you get your refund back so that's money coming back to you because you either overpaid 
in your taxes or you were able to apply a bunch of deductions and credits and so forth and you, you got some money back. But either way, it's you getting your money back. So what are you going to do with it? And I know, and I can even picture you, I know who you are, you're sitting there thinking, I'm going to go on a trip, I'm going to have a party, I'm going to go buy new shoes, I'm going to buy a new car, I'm going to put a down payment on a car, whatever the case may be, depending on the size of the the refund, and I'm going to suggest that none of the above is the answer. What I would suggest you do with your tax refund. Now, not nearly as fun as going on a trip and buying new shoes, but your future self is going to love you for this because you are setting yourself up for a good, solid future. So what to do with your tax refund? I feel like the David Letterman top 10, but so one, pay off your debt, especially if you've got high interest, like credit cards. Um, boost your retirement nest egg. Maybe RSPs, maybe not, but boost your retirement nest egg. You want to also be looking at your TFSAs. This is where we're asking that question. How is this going to affect my taxes? So that's where you're going to look at that too. You're going to create or add to your emergency fund. A lot of people don't have that. You're going to start one. You might want to invest in your children's education. If you're a parent, grandparent, aunt, uncle, doesn't matter. If you have a child that you want to, to work with um, for their future, if they're going off to college or university, then you might want to have a look at investing some money in their education plan. You want to invest in yourself through continuing education or training for your new career. So this is what I would give you as your fun spending on yourself, where you can invest in yourself through education or training for your new career. And that's through professional development and uh, different courses that you might take to en enhance your career. Give money to their to your heirs while you're alive. Heirs, that's H-E-I-R-S, not heir, A-I-R. You're going to give it to your heirs. So while you're alive, first of all, it gives you the pleasure of seeing them receive it while you're here. But it's also something if you can afford to do it, consider turning your tax refund into a cash gift because there's gifting rules that you can look into. And invest in home ownership. There's another option. So this is, you know, thanks to the principal resident deduction that we have, your home is not subject to capital gains when you sell it. So it makes sense. We could put someone to our home and own a house. Invest in life insurance. If you don't have coverage, Tax refund could help you with some of the premiums on your life insurance. Remember, we talked about that a uh, while back about um, different ways your tax uh, efficiency for your life insurance policy with your investments. Awesome, awesome thing. Nice conversation to have with your advisor. Lend the money. So if you're, this is actually super cool. So you could lend the money out. Um, if you have a spouse, a partner, or kids that are in a lower tax bracket than you, Consider lending them out at the prescribed rate of interest, which is 1%, prescribed meaning it's set for you. When the recipient then invests the cash and incomes earned will be taxable in his or her hands, so the person with the lower tax bracket, this is known as income splitting. And as long as the recipient earns more than 1% of the investments, your tax bill will be lower overall. So that's pretty cool. Or you could donate to charity. So pick your cause that you like and donate because it feels good to give and you're doing a lot of good to help people. So those are just some what to do with your tax refund um, ideas. We're going to take our second break tonight. And when we get back, we'll start talking about your credit and your credit score and what that means. And I will share with you a really cool uh, known fact about loopholes. So you are listening to the Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And when you return, we're going to continue to talk about taxes and we're going to lead into 
talking about credit reporting and why it's so important we understand that. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network. And today we are talking about one of the guarantees in life, and that is taxes. So before we went to break, we were just talking about um, what we can do with our refund, and I had some suggestions for you. Um, I, for those of you that were uh, listening at the first break and you were able to hear the commercial, I want to share with you something super, super exciting that's happening here on the Inspired Choices Network. So for those of you who've been uh, loyal listeners over the past years and past and over a bunch of shows, then you'll know that it's growing and expanding and we're really, really excited because we're going to be hosting a the 20th, 22nd Century Consciousness and we're going to have over 20 speakers. There is some amazing content and packages that are going to be provided. There's going to be a bunch of us interviewed by Christine, which scares me just a little bit, but it'll be fun anyway. And my interview is on June the 14th at 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, for those of you that would like to tune in. And for those of you who are um, just joining us now, this is something you definitely do not want to miss. It's going to be fantastic. There's over 20 speakers and lots and lots of content and packages for you. So the 22nd Century Consciousness, mark it down. You're going to want to be part of it. So Thank you all for being loyal listeners and following us here on the Inspired Choices Network. And we're always excited to be sharing more. And June the 11th to the 15th, we're going to be sharing a lot more for you. So make sure you mark that down and you definitely, definitely want to be part of that. Now, the one thing I want to wrap up with you on the taxes is uh, loopholes. So I mentioned to you before that loopholes aren't an accident. It's actually totally true. So everybody talks about these tax loopholes, and it's kind of funny because it's a lot of politicians where they talk about closing tax loopholes, especially when there's an election year, right? We're going to close this tax loophole so the rich don't get richer and blah, 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 and all that stuff. Well, here's a little fact for you guys. Most tax loopholes are intentional, and they're created in Canada. They're created by the Ministry of Finance to stimulate certain sectors of the economy. So I'll give you an example. If you're an employer and you buy a $30,000 car on December 31st, you can write off half a year's depreciation or about $4,500, even though the new asset was only held for one day. 
This is no oversight, not an accident, guys. This is on purpose. More likely, it's an incentive for the businesses to purchase a car. So these loopholes that they're always closing and changing and talking about, they're on purpose. There's no accident. They're not loopholes where they're like, oh, shoot, we didn't know that was going to happen. They know what's going to happen. They're setting it up. They want to do that because they're deliberately targeting an area of the economy or sector to stimulate. So just to give you um, a little insight, that's kind of, I'm going to call it tax humor because I think it's funny that the politicians are the ones that are always like, we're going to change these loopholes. Well, good idea because you're going to create different ones. So just now you can just laugh about that a little bit when they talk about loopholes. So tonight, the other part of our conversation is going to be about credit scores. So who out there knows you have one and who out there knows what it is? Most people don't know their credit score. So a credit score, you'll hear the term FICO in the U.S. and you'll hear Beacon score in Canada. Same thing. It's your credit score. It's, it's the number associated with your credit rating. So what we're going to look at is what is your credit score and why do we care? Well, your credit score is the number that is determined on your credit report. So to build a credit history, you want to use different types of credit. So you don't want to just have credit cards. You don't want to just have a car loan. You don't want to just have a student loan. You want to have, it's like your portfolio and investing, let's be honest. You want to be diversified. So that's part of your credit report to help you make your credit report stronger. You have a diversity in uh, credit history. And you can pull your credit report once a year without paying for it. That's not including your credit score. You have to pay for your, to get that number. But you can once a year check your credit report. And I would encourage everybody to check their credit report once a year because that's when you start to see, one, if things that should have been discharged, like that car loan that you paid off or you had that one collection and it was paid off, it should be discharged. Um, if you were through a bankruptcy, then the bankruptcy should show that you've been discharged. And you want to make sure that your credit report is up to date. Um, the other reason you want to do that is because you uh, are subject to everybody, all of us, are subject to identity theft if we're not careful. So if you're a victim of identity theft, you're going to notice it a lot faster if you're pulling your credit report because when you pull your credit report, it's going to show you that you don't have a credit card that has a $10,000 limit that you got last year and ran up the total because if you didn't get it and it's on your credit report, that's usually a sign something's not quite right and it gives you an opportunity to get it fixed. So you want to be very protective of your credit report because it's really got a huge impact on what you can apply for and when you can apply for credit. And and the reality is at some point in time, we're all going to apply for credit, whether it's a student loan, whether it's a personal line of credit to do renovations on our house, whether it's to apply for purchasing a car to have it financed, whether it's uh, applying for a credit card because you have to have credit if you're going to be uh, applying for um, a car loan for example they want to know what your what your credit score is and they want to know what your credit history is which means how much his, how much credit do you have when did you get it what kind do you have are good payer because your credit report shows the good the bad and the ugly so it doesn't just show when you owe money it also shows that you pay your 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 bills off quickly because they have different ratings. So they'll say, hey, you know what? You always pay your credit card when it's due. It's always paid in full and it shows that you have nothing owing or you've never missed a car payment or you bought that furniture, you know, those buy, buy now, pay later kind of programs. 
and you did it. You paid it off. So that's, it also shows the good stuff, not just the bad stuff. So different types of credit. We want to make sure, you know, it's not just credit cards. You've got store credit cards. You've got personal loans, car loans, student loans, mortgages, lines of credit, all kinds of different things. So that's what your credit report is going to show you. So the other thing we want to know, the other information that's on it, it's a summary of your history. So that is the record that you have of borrowing money in the past. So that's really what your credit report shows you. It shows you and your borrowing history. And it's create, it was created when you borrowed money or applied for credit for the first time. So that's when your credit report started. You don't have to start it. You don't have to apply for it. It happens automatically. It's tied to your social insurance number or your social security number in the States. And it's tied to your birth date. So it knows that, yep, that's my credit report. That's my credit card. And that's my car, my mortgage, my line of credit. Um, lenders want to send information about your accounts to companies. And they're called credit bureaus or credit reporting agencies. And they do that so that it gives you the credit history. Sometimes it's not the best credit history. And that's why we always want to check to make sure that it's actually right. The credit bureaus will compile the information and it's ongoing. So every time you get credit, every time you have good credit, it gets recorded. Every time you have do something bad, it gets like you don't make a payment or your payment um, gets your credit card gets turned off or closed out by the credit card company for non-payment. Any of those things get reported too. So in Canada, we have two main credit bureaus, TransUnion and Equifax. And I know everybody will remember Equifax because they had, um, oh, I think it would be last year now, wasn't it? That they had um, their system hacked and a bunch of their information was shared. So that's another reason why you really want to make sure you're always checking your credit report because if stuff like that happens, you want to make sure that your identity is still your identity and not somebody else stealing it. So what's included on your credit report that um, is going to be what kind of payer you are. So if you pay on time, it's going to show if there's any non-sufficient fund payments like bad checks. It's going to show any checking or savings account that's been closed for cause, which means money was owing or fraud was committed. It's going to be showing any credit that you use, like credit card, your retail store cards, your line of credit, any loans, that sort of thing. It's going to show if there's any bankruptcy or court decision against you that relates to credit. It's also going to show if there's any debt sent to a collection agency. So if you didn't pay your cell phone, which is probably one of the most popular ones that you see on credit reports, it shows on there. It shows that you didn't pay your cell phone. Um, any inquiries from lenders and others who've requested credit from you in the last three years? So if you're going around, let's say, and you're just applying for credit every street corner you can hit where they're asking you for credit, it is going to show on your credit report that you've been applying for credit every day for the last 12 days. And that's actually going to hurt your credit score, your number, because it's too many inquiries in a short period of time. So that's really important that you're able to check your credit and see that you actually did apply for those credit, because that's also a sign of identity theft where somebody's out applying for a credit card every day in your name. If that's not you, that's not good. And if it is you, it's still not good because you are going to hurt your credit score number. But it definitely gives you good information on what you need to fix. So it also shows any registered items. So if there's a lien against a car, say, for example, you've leased a car, then there's going to be a lien against it because that's what they do. And until you own it, you owe money for it. So they have a lien, which means they have a right to come and seize the property if you don't pay for it. So that will be registered. And it has any remarks like um, consumer statements, fraud alerts, identity theft verification, stuff like that. So 
if you're a victim of identity theft, it'll have an alert on your file. So it'll make it harder for you to get credit, which you want if you're under, if you're getting help by fixing identity theft. So the credit report contains very factual information about your credit cards, like when you opened them, how much you owe, if you made a payment, if you missed a payment, if your debt's been transferred to a collection agency, if you're over your credit limit, if your personal information um, is available in public records, such as the bankruptcy. That bankruptcy we talked about, um, it shows on there if it's discharged, if it's not discharged. And if it should have been discharged, then you want to make sure you've looked into it to see. So that is some of the stuff that shows on your credit report. I'll talk about your credit score when we come back from break real briefly so we can understand that and just know what we're looking for. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. When we return, we're going to continue to talk about our credit score. And if you want to go and register for the 22nd Century Consciousness Showcase that's happening June 11th to 15th, go ahead and register while you're on break. And when you come back, we'll talk more about credit. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network, and today we're talking about taxes and credit scores and credit reporting. Before we went to break, I was just sharing on the credit report side of things, what to look for, what it includes, why it's important that we have it. Now we're going to just talk for a couple minutes about the credit score. The credit score, like the name implies, it's a number. So in Canada, the credit score ranges from 300, where you're just getting started and have no credit, up to 900, and those are points. So it's based on your best score. It's called a Beacon score in Canada. It's called a FICO score in the United States. So TransUnion and Equifax are two of the big ones, the two big credit companies, <clears throat> credit reporting companies, I should say. And 650 is sort of the magic number that's in the middle. And a score above 650 likely qualifies you for a standard loan. And a score under 650 like, likely makes it more difficult for you to receive credit. So most credit scores fall between 600 and 750 here. And that shows the range of people's different, their credit and what they can qualify for. And what do they use that for? They use it to determine whether or not they're going to give you credit. They use that score on what kind of interest rate they're going to charge you. So you might have two people that go into the same car dealership, buy the exact same car, same price, same day, same color, 
same everything, could be identical twins. They walked in and bought identical twin cars and they have different interest rates on it. That's going to be because their credit scores show differently. So the, the twin that's got the 800 beacon score, they're going to get a better interest rate than the twin that had a 650 beacon score. So that's what that, that's what that particular number can do and how it can impact your money. And if you're paying higher interest, that means you're spending more money, which means that's less money that's staying in your pocket. So it makes a, it makes an impact on your overall financial plan too, when you think of it like that. So that's one of the things that you want to make sure that you check as well. So it doesn't cost you anything to check your report, but you do have to pay to get your score. And But it's not, it's not a lot of money, and it's worth it just to see where your score is at. Now, having said that, um, just this last year, some of the banks in Canada have been actually allowing you to see just your score. So if you have a particular bank that offers this, you can actually go on your bank account and it will it will say on the right hand side check your credit score and it will just show you your score so now you can get that free from your bank on some of the banks not all of them but some of them are doing that but you can always apply for your credit report free so that's another little financial tip you might be able to get both of them free depending on what bank you're with now the way they they get like i mentioned before some of the way they get used so lenders use your credit court credit score to set your interest rate, but they also use it to set your limit. So say you're applying for a credit card or a store card, you know, you're going to um, apply for in-store credit, then when they run your credit, they will say, oh, well, you have a higher credit score and good credit, so they'll give you a higher limit typically with a lower interest rate. So that's another another reason that you want to know what your score is because if you're going in to buy a car and you're looking to buy a car that's, $100,000 and your credit score is only going to afford you a car that's $30,000 makes a big difference on what kind of vehicle you're buying. So those are reasons, you know, big cars are a big reason why the credit score gets looked at, but it also gets looked at if you're buying a house, looks at if you're asking for a an unsecured or even a secured line of credit, it gets looked at. Um, so if you have a high credit score, you're considered a low risk and you may be charged lower interest or given higher credit. Businesses also use your credit report to consider whether or not they'll hire you for some jobs or a landlord could use your credit report to determine whether or not they're going to rent the house or apartment to you. So there's lots of areas that you might be asked for your credit. So employers might want to know how you manage your own money, especially if the job involves handling cash or finances. So if your credit score is not very good, I know in my industry, um, they do credit checks and, and different kinds of checks on you, obviously. I'm handling people's money. You have to make sure that you fit into the right criteria for that. Um, in some provinces, insurance companies might check your credit score to determine how much you pay for insurance. So, and who knows if that trend is going to be growing, but you want to contact your provincial insurance regulator to find out whether that applies in your province or even your state. So some of the stuff that will show on your credit report, you want to make sure it's got your proper name, your proper date of birth, proper address, proper phone number, proper social insurance number. It'll show your current and previous employer usually. Um, I can tell you from checking different credits over the years, um, even including my own, I checked it, and it doesn't always have the right employers depending on the company you check. So you want to make sure. And I say you want to make sure it's right because it benefits you if it's right. If there's identity theft, then um, and you always had little bits and pieces that aren't quite right, it makes it easier for 
for things to, for you to not fix stuff. And you're like, oh, that was wrong before or, or was it wrong before? So you're not really noticing. If your stuff is wrong on your report, get it fixed because it's going to affect how, how you get loaned money if you ask for money. So those are things that I just want to talk to you about with the credit. Some other tips just from uh, the Financial Consumer Agency of Canada on how to improve your credit score. Always pay your bills on time. Although the payment of your utility bill, like your phone, cable, electricity, whatever, it's not reporting your credit report. Some cell phone companies, and I say some, most cell phone companies, might report late payments to your credit, the reporting agencies. That can affect your score. Try to pay your bills in full by the due date, but if you can't, pay at least the minimum required to show your monthly credit card statement. So that will not affect your credit. That that keeps you in good standing. Try to pay your debts as quickly as possible. Don't go over the credit limit on your credit card and keep your balance well below the limit. The higher your balance, the more impact it has on your score. Um, reduce the number of credit applications you make. If you make too many, that can have a bad effect, If um, especially if you're doing it in a short period of time. And make sure you have a credit history. So you may have a low score because you don't have a record owing. <laughs> you have no, nothing owing. You have nothing to pay back, but you're not going to have any credit history. So make sure you at least establish one. So for tonight, that was what I had for taxes and credit scores and credit report and how it all really pays, works together. And it really does pay to ask yourself, how much tax am I going to owe on this? How does it affect my credit? What's my score? Make sure you check. And please go and register and make sure you are signed up and ready to rock and roll with us from June the 11th to the 15th with the 22nd Century Consciousness Showcase. There is over 20 speakers. You really don't want to miss it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, there's lots of uh, different packages. There's there's all kinds of excitement that's going to be happening with us here. There's lots of content, lots of packages, and lots of uh, amazing people that you're going to be able to talk to and hear from and and uh, see what see what what the different people are like when they're on the other end and they're being interviewed. So it's kind of fun that way. Um, so that's I just want to remind you about registering for that. If you have any questions or if there's a topic you want to hear or have me do some research on or get some information for you, please don't hesitate to reach out and email me at kathy at bookkeepplus.ca and I will be happy to do my best for you. So until next week, have a super awesome weekend and enjoy this great weather that we're now all starting to experience. And I look forward to talking to you very soon, live or on the air. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.